Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 308 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. To my left, Kyle Brackey. To my right, my right hand man, the wrestling nomad, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr., the second. We're all in the mix. We're fired up to be here. We're using government names, and um, yeah, we're ready to go. And we got a little bit of spicy drama in the college wrestling world. Last year, our our, our spicy drama was the Soriano saga. Where is he going? Is he gone? Is he going to go to Rutgers, Penn State? What's happening? Haven't had much drama yet, but then comes out Mike Zadick terminated by Iowa State. It was like the super former Iowa. Um, the song's playing. That's interesting. There we go. Um, so really crazy situation. You know, Dresser goes from Tech to Iowa State. He brings his staff with him, uh, plus Brent Metcalf. And, you know, they're kind of still in the midst of the early stages of the rebuild. And now one of their, you know, main cogs of that coaching staff now gone. Yeah, uh, it's kind of odd to me in the sense that, uh, you know, there was there was reports or rumors or something that, you know, when Zadik when Zadik left Iowa, that maybe he wasn't all into the recruiting thing or something, or or maybe he just wasn't into it in general. But um, so I thought, you know, when it first when it first came out and. Uh, there were rumors about it anyway that Zadik was out at Iowa State. I thought, yeah, maybe he's just not into it as much. But then, you know, you find out, you know, he's running the room, and it was like, man, something, like, significant had to happen. If if he's running the room and running the practices, um, it had to be semi – it had to be pretty significant. Um, I thought that – I thought that Zadik handled it well yesterday when he came out with his – with his statement, um, he wasn't too critical. He stood 
by his actions, stood by his words. Um, but it sounds like it was a difference of opinion. It sounds like a difference of philosophy, right, Christian? Well, that's that's kind of what um, Zadok was implying, that like basically me bringing up these issues caused me to get fired. But reality, it's a little more complicated than that. Um, without getting into every particular detail, there was a phone conversation overheard, speaker phones were involved, and you can't be talking a certain way about your boss, and if your boss hears it, it may not go well, and it didn't end well, right? So I think with, with that, I think there were probably issues bubbling to begin with, because I think if that happens one time, um, okay, that's not good, let's address it. To me, this suggests there was trouble for a while, and this that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And then there's speculation what happened after that, but that would be. Why did you? Why did you have Kevin Dresser on speakerphone and then call Zadik and say, "How do you feel about <laughs> Kevin Dresser?" Why did you do that? I did not do that. Um, um, that's approximately what. No, that's not what <laughs> happened. But kind of like that. Yeah. Well, it's sort of sad for me. I like seeing Zadik um, on the staff. I thought they had a great staff. I think they do have a great staff. Um, but. You know, that that doesn't – it just doesn't work out when you have – especially in today's climate where, like, college coaches, the coaching staff has evolved. Now the head coaches, a lot of head coaches um, are CEOs of the program, right? So if Kevin Dresser is going to be in that role and your top assistant is going to be the guy that runs practices or whatever – you know, more hands-on with the kids. Um, clear roles have to be defined, and you have to be on the same page, right? It doesn't sound like they were on the same page. No, it doesn't. It's crazy when, when you think about, man, this guy, first of all, Mike Zadek was making $175,000 a year, right? It's good uh, coin. Crazy money. I'll crazy. be applying for that job. Yep. Z- Bracky's already thrown his, his hat in the ring. Um, he has his resume already. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's ready to go from when I applied well, to West we'll, Virginia. We'll see if if um we'll see if Iowa State handles this with a little more class than West Virginia. Yeah. Who notified you you didn't get the job after announcing Tim Flynn is hired. Yeah. A classless act, frankly. Um but you know, to have that to be one in charge of the room, in charge of the training, you know, in, in many ways you're you're the head coach of a large portion of the program, right? Like Dressers, you know, he's delegating, whatever you want to call it. He's not in there in the room because he says, hey, this guy's probably better equipped to do that in the first place. So you give, you would think if Zadik had that trust that I, I don't think this was something about running the room, right? Because that's the role he put him in. Um, so whatever happened is I, I can't believe Zadik would not be able to salvage it or not be desperate to to make it work in some way. And after a year, it's just poof gone right and there's also like if you're going to have um delegation of tasks right if you as the boss don't trust or agree or whatever word you want to use with what you're doing with what that that person's doing i can see why you would not want them 
around. Now, again, this is kind of sudden and pretty close to the season and abrupt. Um, but as far as like cohesiveness on a staff, if Dresser feels he can't trust or or um, you know is being undermined or or whatever he may feel, then I, I kind of understand why he would want to do it. But um, you know, it's so, it's it, there's probably gonna be a lot of he said she said as Zadik starts so, looking for new jobs. So Christian, yeah. Did, I, I, sorry if I missed this in the original dresser release, but what does that mean for the staff? Does everybody move up a rung? That is what's happening. Everyone, St. John, I think will be the associate head coach now. Metcalf will be, I, yeah. St. John making that pay for St. <laughs> John on the Benjamins now. Um, then Metcalf will slide up, and then now they're looking for a volunteer. But what's interesting and what, what leads me to believe this is not a wrestling room issue is Coach Dresser's release I- itself. There isn't a better guy to teach wrestling technique than Mike. We had some si- significant differences of opinion, and it's best we part ways. That, to me, says this was outside of the training situation. Um, my understanding is the team loves Attic, the wrestlers love Zadik. Um, everyone trusts him to run the room there. So this is something outside of that is is how I read it based on both um, both sides. Um, okay, so Iowa State is going to look for an assistant, move everybody up. What does it mean for Zadik? You know, there, he took sort of a hiatus after Iowa. Um, we were all sort of happy when he came back to Tech. Uh, any word if he's going to head to the mountains or if he's going to look for a, a, a wrestling job? I'm sure he's – I'm sure for – in the meantime, he's back in Montana, uh, if I had to guess. Um, now, what does that mean for him long term? I don't know. It's going to be tough. I don't even know what spots are available. I think he applied for the UTC job. Um, and also, I wonder, you know, the interesting thing about this is if if Zadik gets the UTC job, I, I wonder if, like, we never really – it's just like, oh, congratulations, Mike, kind right. of thing. And they, you don't even know that there was this huge blow-up that led to a, a termination. If They could have just, like – that probably would have been, you know, for, for Iowa State and Dresser a lot easier way to play it. But he didn't get the job. Congrats to Kyle Rochelle, who did get the job. Um, happy for him, but so, so that that also is a, uh, an interesting wrinkle as well. So I don't know where he can go. Who has a, even an assistant spot available? He may be kind of, um, you know, this is not a good time, right, of year to to get mm-hmm. to lose your job. Yeah, I mean, and we're probably gonna get to Rashawn a little bit, but Kyle himself is gonna have trouble um, filling the staff, or you know, may just kind of have to go with. Well, that with would be interesting. Year. What if he? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I could I could see Zadik in Chattanooga. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. It's a great fit. Yeah, good town. Um, but yeah, it's my understanding as well that Zadik applied for that uh, UTC head job. So, um, well, I mean, Kyle Rochelle's a head coach at UTC, right? Right, but we're saying he's got to fill his staff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that that could be a potential. So yeah, does Zadik leaving impact anyone on the team? That's what Will I was going to ask. Will we see anyone leave? So, um, fact. Gomez was flirting around with leaving. There was permission to contact forms. There was talks of a release. Uh, Austin Gomez has since decided he is staying at Iowa State. Um, but there was a period of time there where there there was uncertainty. Um, so that would obviously have been a huge one, but he's staying. So that's good for Iowa State. I don't think, you know, Carr's not going anywhere. I don't know who else would. 
Um, I mean, Deegan was a Zadok guy. That's true. That's a good one. Um, I don't know if he would or wouldn't, but definitely Deegan. I mean, he well, coached him in high school. And even he just transferred yeah, but, once. Yeah, but here's the thing. Oh, yeah. Deegan transferred once. Well, maybe, there's, maybe there's, it's the Downey Clause. <laughs> well, and there's also just, I mean, <clears throat> will it impact, you know, Deegan was their only qualifier last year. Um, I believe so. Will he? That is insane. <laughs> will, will he Round have? 12. Yeah. Ian Parker didn't qualify. No, because he got he, he got, got hurt, banged up there oh, at the end of the right. year, and then he didn't yeah. really get a fair shake of qualifying. But you know, will will Deegan be impacted at least at the beginning of the year? You know, will he be kind of a little off for? I mean, it's I guess it's August, so he he probably would have time to kind of shake off whatever funk he may have. But um, that that's one that you know. Some some guys, and I'm not saying Deegan is necessarily these guys, but some guys under certain coaches are going to get closer to maxing out their potential than they are otherwise. And, you know, Deegan being around 12 guy last year, maybe this year he can't quite reach that. I think he's more likely to stay given the fact that there's, I mean, he can't follow, well, one, the transfer difficulty that Willie alluded to, but two. Yeah. But for to, sure. But also, it's like you know, Zadik's not anywhere, right? He's nowhere. Yep. There's nowhere to, you can't follow him to the next spot, right? right? Um, so for that reason, I think he probably stays. Um, I know when when they left. Yeah, I won't even say that. Um, so that's Iowa State. Anything else there? Uh, any any names associated to the volunteer position, or um, who can we speculate? Who can we say, hey, that's a good fit there? Mm. Um, I mentioned on Twitter that they had reached out to Tony Ramos. Um, Ramos not interested, not going, and I don't. I haven't heard of any other options apart from that one. Where they're going to look, you know, is there? Do they just move Kyvan onto staff just because he's there? Just kind of a simple thing, or do they just want to, you know, pay him to train? I, I don't know who who else you go after. I would say it's less. Pressing. Especially this late, right? Yeah. I would say it's less pressing because they still have a three-man staff. Um, you know, if you're one of those schools where you just have a three-man staff or you don't have a volunteer and you go down to two, <coughs> then you're like, we got to fill this, mm-hmm. right? But being they have a three-man, being that Kyvin is is um, at least there um, in some capacity able to help out, um, I know obviously there's kind of different rules when you're not officially on staff, but, you know, they have the body there, so – I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they didn't fill it right now, but I, I definitely could see why they would want to. Hunt it. So we'll see. More to come there on Iowa State. You got anything else, Will? No. Um, just a shout-out to Rochelle. We kind of alluded to it or just briefly mentioned it, but he got the head job at UTC, and I think uh, I think it was consensus among us that um, – he was a good fit there, and we like we like that hire. Yeah. Can I do one final thing on on Iowa State before I, I do want to get into Rochelle? Sure. But, um, is Kevin Dresser going to be looked back on as one of the most interesting, influential, controversial, whatever word you want to use, coaches of this era? Um, Bracky's talked about this before, where um, you know it was mentioned in, in a lot of the articles and media, like guys left the team. Right when when he came on um, at Iowa State, but they left the team when he came on at Virginia Tech. Um, that's something that's more common in other sports that you see when when new coaches come on. Um, he was a high school coach that turned around a program. He got Super a man. 
or yeah, excuse me, two programs. He got a boatload of cash to go to Iowa State and kind of, in theory, raise the 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 price tag on you know a lot of future head coaches going forward. Um, he had whatever this is that happened with Zadik. So I, I'm just really fascinated to see how we look back on Kevin Dresser in 20, 30 years. Yeah, when, when you think about it, it is a, a unique path, um, kind of unprecedented trajectory in terms of. You know, he was a you know, he was a national champion. I was a good wrestler, but you know, there's ten of those a year, every year, right? Um, that doesn't always correlate to coaching success. So I think his path, like you mentioned, high school to college is really interesting. The fact that he took a nothing program, Virginia Tech, and made them a trophy team. Now, this is like the second chapter. I'll also view him a little um, I think he's unique in just how he carries himself. He's he's outspoken, he says what he thinks. Um, nine times out of ten, whereas you get you get a lot of coach speak from a lot of other coaches. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, I think another thing is he makes uh, it known that he's more of a CEO. Yeah. You know, he's not in there running every practice, running every workout. He is out there fundraising, recruiting, uh, shaking hands with donors, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not a lot of that in wrestling. Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of, I mean, I think what, you know, Dresser having the foresight to hand off as much as he did to Tony Roby for all those years. That, that, that ability to delegate is huge and a great sign of leadership, and that's what being a head coach is. And a, a lot of coaches, they, they want their hands in every single aspect, and they can't really let go of those portions. So I think that's one of Dresser's biggest skills is his ability to kind of prioritize, execute, divvy up tasks, um, say, hey, I'm not best equipped to, to show high crotches and, and run the room and run practice, but I'm, I'm well equipped to do this, so I'll bring you and let you do that. I think that's – now that happens, right? That's not unique to Coach Dresser, but I think right. it's not super common. I don't think it's mm-hmm. – I don't know if it's the norm. I know most head coaches probably don't run the room, but I think they're probably a little more involved in that aspect than maybe Dresser is. And maybe we're, maybe we're underselling how often Dresser's there – as a practice inf- influencer, but I don't think it's as much as, as some other coaches. And to your point about him, you know, letting Roby do a lot, it prepared Roby, and I think Virginia Tech is going to continue to be really good under him and achieve close to, if not even better, success than they had under Dresser. And obviously a lot of that's, you know, set up, and, yeah. you know, Roby came to a better situation than Dresser came into, but I, I, I have a lot of confidence in Roby, and I think a lot of that comes from um, learning and getting to do a lot under Dresser. Yeah, Roby's a great coach. Um, can't say enough good things about him. The job that he's doing and will continue to do there. So, yeah, it's the the story of Kevin Dresser still being written for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I this Iowa he, State phase is going to be a really interesting part. Like, how does this – he's got a seven-year deal, I think. How does this work? How does this uh, finish up? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, uh, he, that's a, it's a good point that Dresser is a different kind of – it's a very very interesting thing from from going to high school to building up a um, a program that wasn't historically successful to moving to one of the traditional powers. Um, I think they need to get back. This is a side note to the to the Zadik thing, but you know when when Dresser got the job and KJ left and you had like this exodus of recruits that left right so it's not a it's not really a good look but it's understandable um because you see that when coaches change 
But then, okay, so Verclearan leaves and Alar leaves and this guy leaves. Okay, when the dust settles, now let's have some continuity. So to get rid of Zadok now, kind of re... Mm -hmm. You know, the the feathers get shuffled again. Ruffled again. And he probably, you know, nobody likes to do that. Nobody wants that that sort of attention just a year after um, there's some instability. So I I think for for what's critical for Dresser and Iowa State is getting back and getting getting blue-chip recruits because – it sends it sends a message that high profile kids believe in that system. High profile kids are attracted to that place, to that those facilities, to those coaches. And you know, a big part of Dresser's success at Virginia Tech was bringing in other Ohio kids. They got a ton of Ohio kids. They got PA kids. They Jersey. got Jersey. They, what's that? I said Jersey, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, PA, Jersey. Ohio, um, now he's in a more traditional program, but geographically he's removed from that area. So I think I think that's one of the priorities for, for them, to get some recruits in there and almost not just because they're better talents or good talents, but also because it's a beacon that says all is well here. Right. Yeah, no, recruiting will be huge. And, um, you know, if he can turn around two programs uh, in college, it would say a lot. But Iowa State's got a ways to go yet. Um, so, yeah, that's Iowa State. I don't know what there is to say about um, Coach Rochelle other than it's cool he got the job um, after, you know, kind of losing his job at Wisconsin when Bono comes in. We think highly of him. Willie once went off about him winning Pan Ams. <laughs> um, but they mended th- – this relationship has come – um, full circle now from Willie being the number one hater to him leading Willie's fantasy team. To you were a hater. Don't say you were. Yeah, you were a hater. What are you talking about? When well, he that, won Pan Ams, you waged war never. on all things. You waged war in Kentucky. That's, uh, that's false. Do we need to go back and do we need walk to pull up the tape? Welcome back. I never hated Kyle Rochelle because he won Pan Am. I'm reading a direct <laughs> quote here. I it. I hate Kyle Rochelle. <laughs> Willie you, guys realize, you guys realize what happened, right? You, everybody, everything gets misconstrued. On this was actually one of the most misconstrued things. Listen, imagine, imagine this scenario: wrestler X, who has not wrestled in two years, is going to move up to a weight class that wrestler X has never wrestled in his life. And wrestle at the second most important tournament for the United States of the year. Does that sound like something that should happen? Because that's what happened, and that's what I hated. Not the fact that Kyle sounds like you hate Wrestler X. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe Wrestler X has led my fantasy team to great heights. (laughs) Third, third to to great to great third place heights, which is maybe you know maybe that's good for you. I don't know. Um, So I just want to, I. Again, you know, we talked a lot about it, um, and and you know, some of the UTC job. I you know, I said it last week where um, it's it's 
interesting. I, I think it's valuable anytime a, a head coaching job opens up that we at least talk about a little bit because you know there's only 76 of them and they they kind of all can uniquely impact um, wrestling. I think Rochelle has a um, a little added impact because of the Southern Scuffle um, to be able to have some control over what is one of the most important events of the college season. Um, I'm I'm really excited and curious to see how he can um, build scuffle back up. And uh, in fact, later today, I'm gonna <coughs> hop on a call with with Coach Rochelle. I've, I've I've emailed him some questions and um, something I I want to start trying to do if we can. And obviously, this is probably gonna be the last one for this year. But um, anytime there's a new um, head coach to that, we kind of give them a platform to get their coaching philosophy out there and get their ideas out there. Um, particularly if we can't stick a camera in their face right away, because um, I imagine we're not going to see Coach Rochelle in person, any of us, for some number of months. Um, so hopefully this kind of starts something that over the next few years that, uh, you know, guys can get some information out and, and you know, hopefully have some – hopefully um, fans get some questions answered. Um, I think each episode you should – each time that you interview a coach, look at Christian's face. Uh-oh. What? Go. What? I think you should get their philosophy on math. Oh, no. Math's good? No, don't resurface. No Mads math takes. Math's good. I don't want to talk about depth, international depth, but we might have to. There's some questions. I think the people want answers. Um, But first, um, the question of Carson, uh, of Karchla. um, Ooh. Got his school list. Yeah. Interesting school list. A nice mix. Got a little UVA, a little NC State in there, a little... um, little ACC action, but you also have Oklahoma State, Ohio State, and Minnesota, the Gophers. So interesting school list. He's got Oklahoma State last, which I don't know what that means, but it may mean something. But it it's could so also mean nothing. You, it, it's so funny when kids give you school lists because your first knee jerk is like, okay, Michigan's first, right? But oftentimes they go in no order – and they give you the list. And sometimes they say no order, and you know damn well that, that yeah, that there's, that, that's the order. There's, there's stuff in there. That, that's probably the order. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, but wouldn't you think Ohio State would be higher on that list, given, I don't was his father ever on staff or something there? Or, yeah, so I, I don't know. That would be kind of, I mean, I guess maybe the. I mean, he, he trains at the RTC there. Yeah. Just like well, just like many you know, kids train at their closest colleges. You know what I found is. interesting, and this is something that um, this is something. You know, we started these prospect rankings, and I I sometimes try to stress that they're probably the most important rankings. Um, like, if if Christian is the head coach of Virginia Tech, um, he could sign. He, I, I'll just use a name. He could sign. He needs a fifty-seven, right? He needs a fifty-seven in a year or two. He could sign Bryce Andonian now, or he could sign, or he could wait and try to get Wrestler X in the class of twenty twenty or twenty twenty-one. What should I do? What's the most interesting prospect? Should I get Andonian now? How about in two years when I really need the fifty-seven? Will this kid be better? When he's a, will this sophomore be better than what Andonian is now? I'm just using an example. Yeah. Right. And I think, 
I think that people should look – I think college coaches should look at it this way and put up a depth chart and put up a projection so that they have the best kid. I mean, how many times did somebody sign wrestler X and then, like, he was good but not great? And that's what you need at these elite programs. Um, now, that's a long way of saying – Ohio State saw holes coming at 65 and 74, right? They saw that. They're very good at identifying needs. And I'm not saying that this is what happened, but you could imagine a scenario in which they got this guy. Maybe they got Kevon Freeman. Maybe they got this guy. Maybe they got that. And they gave him 15%, 20%. This, And maybe now they can't offer Clarchla what he's entitled. Six, 60 what he or 70%. Because they got they got three guys tied up in scholarships in that range, so I'm not saying that. I also am not sure a, it's a strong yeah. position of need. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, I, I just think you want to keep a guy that good uh, in state, but I think that they're gonna have a they have a need at 57 that they're gonna have to address soon. Um, yeah, J- Jaden Maddox is gone. Uh, off the roster, off the team, as far as I understand, so they're gonna have. Well, that might have, that might be a good thing. I mean, not a good thing, but it opens up money. Listen, they, they had money in the middle there. They had money tied up in Maddox, Easton Smith. Uh, they got Kevon Freeman. Um, they had a lot of bodies in Caleb there. Caleb Romero. Caleb Romero, right? So I'm not saying any of them are bad. I'm not saying any. Uh, I'm not saying. All I'm saying is, it's he's not saying they're good. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not that. Above it, he's not below it. I'm saying it ties money up, and then a guy like Karchler emerges, and you're like, man, I want that guy, but I don't have the funds. But, uh, yeah. The interesting one for me on this list, and we kind of knew that they were going after him, is Oklahoma State. And the reason mm-hmm. that that is interesting is because there's another young man from the class of 2020 who Karchler teched in the Fargo Finals by the name of Dustin Plott. Mm-hmm. Now, it, fundamentally, if you look at that, you go, all right, well, of course, you want the guy who – won the match and won the match by a lot. But it's just interesting that a kid like Plot, who um, is one of the best recruits in the class of 2020, which I feel is as a whole better than the class of 2019, um, and also considering the Cowboys don't lose in-state recruiting battles. It hasn't happened in a millennia. Um, and so if Karchla goes to if Karchla goes to Oklahoma State, where you know does plot go to the Sooners, and does that start a shift in Oklahoma of guys not willing to go to Oklahoma State, or is this just an isolated thing? And I'm thinking way too much into it, um, but I just think that one's really fascinating. I also think M- Minnesota's making a hard push, at least like on social media. I saw a lot of people um, that were really into him, and, and I think clearly from um, the quotes that that Carson gave Willie that. He is a, a loyal guy, and the, and the coaches that were on him early um, and the ones that identified his talent before he had breakout performances are the ones that he are the ones that he's now that visiting was, and paying attention that to. That was pretty cool. That was pretty awesome. I, think, I, I, had the, I had the article completely done, and um, I said, I thought, you know what? Let me see, because this is really interesting. This is a really interesting case, a classic case of, a guy is good, ranked sixth in the country, recruited pretty well, goes to Fargo, blows up, and now he's gonna his his phone's gonna be off the hook. 
So I said, let's get it in his own words how it affected him. And he said, you know, it just reinforced the schools that were on me before. I just looked at them harder because they were with me from the beginning. They're day ones. I think two of those schools, Ohio State and Oklahoma State, were definitely on him before yeah. Fargo. Absolutely. So I, I don't yeah. I don't think he ends up at Virginia or <clears throat> NC State. Um, but <clears throat> NC State's gotten like 600 recruits the last couple of years. Um, so I think it's between Ohio State, Minnesota, and Oklahoma State. I, I have only talked to Carson sparingly. Um, Willie's talked to him a little bit more. Mm. And we haven't, you know, Willie and I are doing this this depth chart and um, recruiting targets article, and, and I still haven't done a deep dive into Ohio State, NC State, or Minnesota yet. Um, the thing, the but, thing that I like too, beyond his, um, beyond his just wrestling ability, is uh, character. Yeah, kid's a first class kid. Seems to have a really level head on his shoulders. Um, so I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any risk of burnout or doing the wrong things. Uh, I think he's going to be around for a long time. Cool. So and he's going to be wrestling at who's number one. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, okay, cool. So that's Carson Karchla. Um, and I don't. I guess he's going to take all his visits, so we won't have a quick turnaround like Abe Assad. But um, regardless, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, the we'll the Oklahoma out. State visit is about a month before signing day, hmm. so he's going to be, be I would imagine, going to be pretty close to. Did we ever day. talk about? Did we talk about Assad? Yes, on uh, last we, episode, we sure did. That was like the all Iowa episode. It was a very high, Iowa heavy episode. Iowa heavy. <laughs> um, so okay, one forty one tiers. We didn't get to do this last show because of. Iowa, and then Iowa versus Penn State whiteboard war. Break out your brass knuckles. And then who knows what else. So 141, I haven't looked at this, right? I wanted, you have, This one does if not. If you have Nick Lee, it's here too. Okay, this, so, this one does so not I want to do a better job of this. It okay? triggered me let doing me, it. Let me explain this. Okay, here's what we're doing. The wrestling nomad to my right takes a weight class, and he puts them into tiers. Like tier one for 125, for example, was like Spencer Lee... Nick Soriano and whatever, even though those maybe not same weights, whatever. And then tier two would be like Sebastian Rivera. So they're just kind of like separated, right? So we did this for 141, and I'll start with reading the first two tiers, okay? Because I think that's a good way to, to, to begin this. All right, 141, number one, Yanni D. Number two, McKenna. Number three, Ironman. That ends tier one. So tier one is Yanni, McKenna, Ironman. Tier two, Nick Lee, Tariq Wilson. Uh, Cade Brock, or Caden Gefeller, and Chad Red. Yeah, I put the I put the backups in there in case Wilson stays down at thirty three. Jamel Morris would totally be tier two at this weight. Yeah, <laughs> just including the backups just in case. But okay, so tier one, any weight where tier one is should basically be these are the guys that can win a national title. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty pretty clear. Tier two is completely malleable for every weight class um, in terms of what it can be. You know, at, at 125, if Suriano and Fix don't go 125, Tier 2 is basically who could possibly be in the finals against Spencer Lee. There's a lot of people. Right. In in this weight where I think there's a more solid top three of Yanni McKenna Ironman, um, Tier 2 is more who are the guys who I feel comfortable saying should be All-Americans. Um, 
and I change this like 80 times. Got it. Well, I'm not um I don't know. I'm not terribly bothered. I think I think Nick Lee is the one I could put him in tier one, and if you had put him in there, I'd be like, I can see that based on trajectory, um, based on how he finished the year, mm-hmm. based on he beat Kevin Jack, who was certainly tier one going into NCAAs. Um, he looked he, outstanding. He did have a tight one. Um, he had a good match with McKenna. Yeah. I mean, the one at, at, at Penn State, he was right yeah, there with him. Now, I, I think McKenna's better. Um, but, you know, true freshman, room to improve. That room, his motor, his skill set, his work ethic, I, I could see him. I mean, Nick Lee versus Jaden Ironman's a thing. I think that's actually, I think that's maybe a tougher matchup than McKenna is, personally. Uh, Ironman majored him at NCAAs. Well, there you go. Um, I should probably know that off the top of my head. but Well, you, you pulled it up. I pulled it up because I wanted to see who he lost to on the backside after All-American. Because... He beat Jack for fifth and sixth. Right. So I knew he lost someone else, and I couldn't remember. So that's why I pulled Jayden. it up. Yeah. So he lost to Deal and Ironman. Interesting. So, okay. Tier two, I think, looks fine. Tier one, I think, looks fine. What do you guys think? Kyle was – I thought you were triggered. No, I said I'm not triggered by this Yeah, one. this is uh, – I don't know why you're upset. I, you because could, I spent so much time on it that I'm like, you, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You, you could mean? make an argument, I guess, maybe for Mitch McKee in tier two. Been right there with Cade Brock. Yeah, gotta I, imagine a match with Chad Red's gonna be really close. Yeah, I would put him up, but compared to the 133 ones with DeSanto <laughs> in tier like nine, when he'd beaten like half of tier one, that was you pretty. Put bad. Austin Gomez ahead of him. Yeah, yeah Austin I, Gomez. That was why silly. Why don't we read? Did we read through all the first two tiers? I did. So tier. And then, why don't you read so, three and four? So let me just pick out a couple of guys beyond that that I think could be high. I think Max Murin could be higher. I mean, you have him in tier four. You never I know what you're going to get with your Murin takes. You are all over the map. Uh, why? What did I say about Murin? Did I say something bad about Murin? You were kind of cool on him when we were like, yeah, he's their 49 in the future. You're like, ah, they, and this is a need for them. But you're. Oh, when I was doing, when I was doing targets, yeah. I mean, I would, I would look for a 49. Um, not that I think that Mirren can't be great, um, just that we we don't know yet. Uh, and I certainly like him at forty one more than I like him at forty nine. Um, yeah. So, okay. but I think I think he can certainly. You have him in tier four here. I think certainly think he can get to three or two even. Um, I would take him over most of the guys in tier three. I would take him over Mason Smith. I'd take him over. Josh Alber. I, I take him over Sedarian Perry. Sedarian Perry, who entered NCAAs with a losing record. Um, Straight branched it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I do think that Murin could go higher. I think, I think, honestly, tier three mm, could be pretty big because I could see Murin in there. Um, actually, so, maybe not. So this was these were Murin was fifteen and three last year. His losses were to Cole Martin of Wisconsin. Colton Schilling of Cal Poly and Tyler Smith of Bucknell. Um, he beat guys like Yaya Thomas. He beat Pat Darcy. He beat Mike uh, Mikey Carr, who for pretty much all the year was great. Um, beat Colby Smith, Carter Happel a couple times. Pretty solid wins. Yeah. That was the only. That was the only other guy. Yaya Yaya in tier five, I think, can move up. Uh, actually, I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of Dom Demas. 
Well, you have. Uh, I'm also not sure. Yeah, okay, so thinking, why wouldn't literal? Go, why wouldn't he go 33? Well, I made a note of this because I wanted to ask somebody after the show. Nomad discovered this last week. Uh-oh. Literal was okay. So when I was doing um, between redshirt reports and the and the the FRL tiers, I've you know been trying to compile a list of who could possibly start for a lot of these teams and you know with roster battles and all. Um, and I did not see Tanner Luttrell on Oklahoma's roster, and they oh. have it updated for eighteen nineteen. Uh oh. Um, I have no inside information on the what? matter. I don't know if it was just maybe an oversight, um, or they're no. they wait for his picture or something. I don't know, but he's not on the roster. So yeah, take I'm, from that what you will. I would take that that he's not on the team. That's I love. I liked him a lot in high school. Yeah, me too. Man, that's too bad. Not good. Yeah, and. Demas, you know, I seem to remember hearing that he was going to go 41 for them, and, you know, he was he was 65 kilos, so that's what more of the 41 guys is, though. But he's listed at 49. Um, I think he's obviously much much more suited for freestyle and Greco, yeah. um, but uh, definitely a guy who can win matches and, and possibly qualify at 41. That, that that's, seems very reasonable. He's one I have, have no idea. Have we heard idea. anything definitive? Have we heard anything definitive? I mean – Yes, he's been he's shined brighter in freestyle Greco than than Folk, but he would be a nice guy to follow in the sooner lineup. But did we hear, did anybody hear anything weight wise definitively forty one forty nine? No, Nomad saying he heard forty one. I heard forty one, but he's listed he's listed forty nine on the roster. Sneaky, sneaky. So all right, so forty one, not actually that um, saucy. Well, okay, Mason Smith was really hard about where to put him because he, I mean, won Midlands last year. He was highly ranked all, the the whole time. But, number one, he's at a, a new school, um, which I think, you know, Arizona State's better than um, Central Michigan. But when a kid changes school, it's like, well. So you can know where all the buildings are. Right. Um, and in two tries at NCAAs, he has 2.5 points, which is – Less than Ryan Deal and the same as Henry Pohlmeyer. Hmm. Hank. I like to call him Hank Pohlmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds then, like a guy that would have a nice sandwich shop. Yeah. <laughs> I like Pohlmeyer. Henry Pohlmeyer. That, that kid works. Or a deli. Um, Mikey Carr was another one. I, I thought Mikey Carr was awesome last year, and we, you know, we talked about him beating Nick Lee, um, but then didn't do so hot at NCAAs. So, you know. And then Josh Albert, like, well, Josh Albert went own. You know, Josh Albert and Sedarian Perry are the really interesting ones because it's like, well, Josh Albert went own two at NCAA's. Well, he lost to Sedarian Perry, who AA'd, and Nick Lee, who AA'd. So yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. I don't know. And then what do you do remember, with Perry? Uh, I don't remember the numbers that you had in tiers at twenty five and thirty three, um, but it's sort of interesting here. In tier one and tier two combined, there's only seven guys. Um, so that's you know, about somebody, what it's been. What's that? That's about what it's been. About what it's been? Yeah. Now, somebody in Tier 3 is an AA, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that's 141. Wow, really? I was really waiting for the the Nomad You Suck takes to, to, this, to pop off with you this. You did fine. Uh, this is so much better than 33. You did that over Twitter, still, I think, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. there's still a minimum 18 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're coming up on the time. All right. Um, here's a good one. We're going to questions right now. 842 Central, Austin, Texas. Let's get it. Straight up, this is Josh Thornton. 
at Josh underscore of underscore Rumford. Straight up Freaky Friday. Nomad wakes up in Spencer Lee's body. Does nope. he win a national championship or blow it? You woke up sea breezy. Yeah, no. If 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 so, I assume the question is my mental in Spencer Lee's body. I'm going to say no. However, it would be really awesome to be as strong as that kid for a day. It would be. Yeah, I think the same thing. You would blow it. Yeah, no, that's one thousand percent. Because like, as good as Spen- as good as Spencer Lee is physically, I'm gonna th- say this: there is there is a strong mental component to where he is, and I do not think that his physical gifts are so much so that if you just put me in his body, that I would then inherently be able to take out the likes of Nick Seriano and Dave. I'm gonna Fitz. take. I'm gonna yeah, let me take it a leg further. Brain. It's your brain. I'm gonna take it a leg further. Nomad would not qualify for NCAAs in Spencer Lee's body. No, I, I, no, I don't yeah, think that's – I don't. I disagree with I, that. I work this scenario out. You know how Nomad works out a scenario where he thinks that, you know, okay, 47 seconds in, Sedgelayev takes a shot, <laughs> Schneider, Schneider down block. I work this scenario out. And in this scenario, he wakes up on the last day of NCAAs uh, for the finals. And loses and his credential. He's in Spencer Lee's body. There, uh, hey, you're on the <laughs> Nomad wakes up. He irons his socks because that's what he does. He looks in the mirror. He's like, oh, my God, I'm Spencer Lee. First thing he thinks is, I'm French. His mother's French. My mother's French. I'm going to the coffee shop and getting a croissant. He goes and gets <laughs> a croissant, leaves his credential in the hotel room. Mm. Shows, up late, shows up late for weigh-ins. He doesn't wrestle the fight. Also, apparently, I can eat a croissant and still make weight. So that's favorable. <sighs> yeah, I just think you, just having someone's physical tools, so much of it is no, like... I do think I do think I would... You think you would qualify for yeah, I do think I would qualify. I do not. I do think... Because if I had... Because if I had those physical tools and if I had worked for those physical tools, I also think you, that you, my mindset would be different and that I would feel more comfortable um, and that I would attack... I would approach things and, and attack things in a different way. However, as I never even put myself in a position to, um, like, where I worked hard enough to do that, I have never, like, conceptualized myself in this situation. That in- there, therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem. <laughs> I, I'll say this, too. I'll raise my hand. I, I, I can own, I would not qualify for NCAs with Spencer Lee's body, okay? Wouldn't happen. And I, still, I think the same is true for you. I don't know. I still think... You would. I, I think you're underrating. Well, okay, the other question is, because he said straight up Freaky Friday, are we talking about the, the Friday of NCAAs? Are we talking about the Friday before the season? Where, what, you know, where, where does where does the situation start? All right, there it was, 845. Um, what? That's that's not a legitimate question? I don't believe so. I, don't I, d- I do. I don't understand the question. He's what do you saying, don't understand the question? He's saying, he is say, this the Friday, the Friday of NCAAs, of Big Tens, of the beginning of the season? He's asking if he wins a, a national championship. I know, but he's saying... Yeah, but winning a national championship, come on. If winning Nomad a national championship gets, doesn't if no, start if at Nomad NCAAs. Gets, yeah, if Nomad gets all season in Spencer Lee's body, can he can he do it? Yeah. Or if he just wakes up and it's Friday into the blaze and he's just thrown into oh, the fire. If it's Friday into the blaze, the answer is certainly not. If the answer is Friday before the and season, I'm, the answer is still probably not. But it's a little bit more likely. If you get, if you get it's to hand, it's listen, a small if you get to do the, the Iowa City duels, that could get some real momentum going. Yeah. Because remember when that used to be like a five-team duel and none of them were D1. I, one time they went like fifty and zero with like 
all but like three bonus point wins. It was a, just an absolute slaughter. So if you had some of those, right. Iowa I'd like, duels I'd feel myself. What if Nomad goes to weigh in Spencer Lee's body and he fails skin check because he breaks out in what he calls... Oh, oh my God. That's going <laughs> to happen. Well, theoretically, that wouldn't happen because he has his body and yeah, Spencer Lee doesn't have some weird skin condition that happens in the sun for some reason. It's sun... Nomad has... Spencer Lee claims, doesn't have retractable ringworm. Sun-activated ringworm is what Basically. Nomad claims right. he has. So as long Basically. as NCAA is that you're wasn't in South Beach... <laughs> yes. Yeah. He'd be fine. St. Thomas Aquinas High School. All right. Um, Brian Walters at Wally's Voice. What would you consider an elite recruit, and how many do you need to win NCAA championship as a team? No. Why? Why what? But, <laughs> wow. What sort of, of all what the sort questions of we that? answer, this That's is the, the one. First, that... of all, this, first of all, this is a bad question. Second of all, I... I am upset that you chose a Brian Walters question. Why? He was the He was the only guy continuing that silly nomad argument about math. Oh shoot. I didn't Let's... know that. I was uh yeah, I yeah, I didn't get to do the full detail. Are deep you that dive. upset with this question? Well, I th here's the part I like. I'm, I'm not upset that you guys you guys figured out that 10 weights cost more money than 8 and then had an argument about hold it. Hold on. Hold on. Don't. That's not the question. So I think what? it's interesting. What, what is an elite recruit? Come on, Plato. Well, I mean, why are you philosophizing? What is an elite recruit? They're like top ten guys. No, but that's a. <laughs> well, I kind of, when I read it, I kind of like, what do you look for in an elite recruit? So there's a lot of that's elite not, guys. Um, maybe that's not what he said, but that's how I took it. So I can, you know, fine, fine. We'll skip it. You know what, Willie? Fine. That was, I was really right, mean, Willie. Right, I was you really looking forward to no, that. No, Willie just can't answer this question. I was no. really looking forward yeah. to Yeah, fine. Question. Don't answer it. You're not allowed to answer. You sit there quietly and think about what you did. Yep. LJ, mute him. Yeah, let me just... LJ, let me just cut, his mic. Cut, it, cut his mic. LJ, cut his mic. What does Christian consider an elite recruit? Um, I consider... Well, I, I think something you could look for... You don't want to just simply look at the wins, the losses, how much they compete... You've got to get to know the guy, and I, I think the strongest correlation is the kids that actually, if you can somehow figure out, does this kid actually love this? Does he love this? Kyle Snyder loves this. Those Penn State guys yeah. love it. Yanni they, loves it. They love it. It's not a thing they do. It, it, it's, they don't do it because they're good at it. No. They freaking love it. And with that comes all the success, uh, in my opinion. Um, there's some other things to look for, but that to me, there's a threshold of like you know what you've accomplished as a wrestler. But to me, if you find the kids that truly love it and will do what it takes to um, to win, that's the most important thing. That and um, how good are you at getting the legs? That's something I look at a lot. I think that's very important. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like uh, getting to legs. I think. Um, how many do you need to win a title? Well, it's a good question. Um, look, why is that not? A, that's a great question, Willie. How many did Penn State need last year? How many elite recruits did they have? I think it's fair. I, can you do it? Can you win it with three elite recruits? They had Nick Lee. I, elite. I think the magic number is four. Well, Penn State had way more than four. They had Nick Lee, Zane Rutherford, you can have Jason Nolf, Vincenzo Joseph, um, Mark Hall, Bo Nickel, and Nick. They had seven. They had seven 
unquestionably elite recruits. How many elite recruits does it take to beat Penn State? Sounds like eight. Yeah. <laughs> eight. <laughs> this gets, sounds like an entire lineup. <laughs> sounds like you're needing the 10 range. Christian's point gets to, I, I still don't know how to explain this or display it, but it's something along the lines of um, point of diminishing returns of, of your team. And essentially, as best as I can explain it, a lot of teams can have a one that can – not a lot, but there's a good number of teams that can have a one that can score 25 team points. That's awesome. There's a smaller number of teams that can have a number two that scores 23 or 24 team points. What is insane about Penn State is that their threes and their fours can score 20, 22, 24 team points. And not only do they reach crap, that actually. level, they start at that level. So – Penn State kind of has guys start up here and it kind of goes down and other teams kind of go like this. So they already start higher and then they get them to achieve a higher level. And so every other team's two is like worse than Penn State's three. And it just craters quickly. And so it is really hard to to match that. And that is a way oversimplification. There's a lot of stuff that goes into what makes teams great. But like if you're looking at the after effect instead of like the what goes into it, that's what it looks like. Boom. Keep, keep your thoughts, the, the keep your thoughts to yourself, for. Willie. Um, thanks for the good question, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate the question. Sorry, Willie's the biggest hater of yes. them all. Um, could Logan Paul turn Bradkey? Listen, <laughs> hold on. Listen. <laughs> that question. Logan I, Paul, come listen, on. Listen, hold on, hold I on. There, we, we don't have history, but we have history, okay? This dude was at OU when I was there. He went Did to he OU? For one year. He went to OU for one year. Oh my! Was gosh. the low gang a thing then? Uh, no, it was not. He was like, he was like Vine famous at that point, but he was not like has attraction he has now. And then he like left OU to like do whatever you say he does. Tool now. things he's doing now. Um, but no, Christian has a better chance of turning me than Logan Paul. Well, yeah. I mean, I would turn you, if given the right amount. Although of I time. think Logan Paul has better credentials than Christian in wrestling. He, he was like an Ohio State placer. Oh, yeah. well, then he has a better but chance no, he's of turning not, you. Uh, no, he's not. No, you do. He's a Really? Wow. What? Did you ever punch him? Did if, you ever punch him? I never saw him on campus, but I would have liked to punch him. So you think I could have placed at Ohio State? Superman punch. That's what you're saying. No, but... <laughs> 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 I just have that little respect for the man. Wow. Um, okay, y'all take the next question. Who do you, who, who you like? Um, <laughs> let's do draw Garnett, North Dakota State assistant coach. Who are your breakout teams and individuals for the eighteen nineteen season that will make huge improvements from the prior season or surprise people? I feel like he is fishing here. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not. No, he's not. That's that's, that's right though. If he if he's that confident in his team, he has the right no, to. No, he's to not ask fishing. Um, I. Gerard frequently asks questions. No, I know he does, but obviously he wants us to say North Dakota State. All right. Um, well, I, I'm i not there yet. Well, if Brandon Metz wins a national title that Nomad <laughs> thinks he will, then sure. North yeah, I think, he's, I think he's the Gable Slayer. Um, no, well, the reason I was asking about Travis Stefanik is because I'm really interested in Princeton coming into this year. Sidebar, Christian asked about Travis Stefanik before the show started. Right. Um, yeah, none of you guys know that except you four. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about Princeton. I, I really like them. Obviously, they have Kolodzik, um, 
They're going to have Glory coming in. You know, Stefanik, uh, Parker. They're going to they're have some guys. Brucky. There's a Brucky in the mix. So I like Brucky. I, I think that could be an interesting team that come NCAAs. And maybe it's not this year, but next year for them. Glory a little more season. Those other recruits a little more season. Stefanik, et cetera. Then I think you could see them maybe they get three guys on the podium. If you get three guys on the podium and Kalazic's a, a, a champ or places high, you're in the fight for top ten, right? Well, and even this year, um, Pat Darcy and Mike D'Angelo, the D apostrophe boys, um, <laughs> are, are, <laughs> they need to get that on a shirt. <laughs> that is awesome. The D apostrophe. <laughs> no, D but those like boys. But like those guys are those guys are qualifiers, right? And so to yes, okay. Patrick Glory probably has designs on much more than just qualifying for NCAAs, you know, obviously like All-American winning. But to have that kind of senior leadership of guys who have done it, who have been in the program, um, and then obviously have, have Colo there, like the what what Coach Ayers and his staff are doing is now um, they're establishing a point where even the guys that we don't necessarily talk about, the maybe fourth, fifth, sixth best guys, are still qualifying and still able to score points. Yeah, um, I and, agree and that, there. That, and that, that kind of pushes everybody job. up. They've done an excellent job both coaching and recruiting where I think that the entire level of the program has risen. Yeah. Right? Uh, even their they're not stars are still – they're much more solid than they were a decade ago. So that was mine. Who you guys got? No steals. I'm, I'm kind of curious um, doing these redshirt reports and these tiers in the fighting uh, Greenleys. Oh, I was going to mention them. They're it's very biased, but um, one qualifier last year and Cam Kelly. Um, but you get Kelly back. You get Shakur Laney back. Um, if Shakur Laney placed this year, that would not blow no. my mind. Um, both Hagen brothers and Guillen brothers in there fighting for spots. And then uh, you yep. get Zach Carson from EMU. And then Zach Parker at heavyweight has qualified before. And so you're looking at, I mean, maybe six qualifiers with a shot at an All-American or two in Laney and uh, Cam Kelly. And you're looking at a, a conference that um, isn't as strong as it's been in the past. And so it might be a little, you know, if, if you kind of establish yourself as the number two team behind Missouri, it might be a little easier to get some guys in. And who knows? If you, once you get guys in, who knows what can happen? Um, I'm not saying, it. yeah. <laughs> Willie, do you have one? Um, I have a couple. Uh, Nebraska, uh, Bloomsburg, Wyoming, all no. the schools I went to. Kansas State. I think uh, I think Fresno State and Lock Haven continue to get better. Um, I think Lock Haven, uh, much like I said, Princeton, the, the level of that room has gotten better. Everybody in the lineup has gotten better. The ship's in the right direction. Um. I think Fresno State in their second year gets better. But the team that I think that's going to be more formidable, I don't know if this counts as a, a surprise but um, or a breakout, but I think North Carolina is going to have a much better mm-hmm. year than I, I think a lot of – I think Coleman and Tony and those guys down there um, have a program and a system and a level of accountability and a work ethic that their their whole roster improves – and and you see that in competition where all ten of their guys are tougher outs than they used to be, um, and they have guys break through. Um, they they have more guys break through as stars. 
I'll say one that I will be disappointed <clears throat> if they don't have a better year this year. Um, the Schwab Mob. Yeah, I s- Panther Train. Well, we had a similar question to this a while ago, and I mentioned them. I didn't want to mention them again, but I completely agree. They definitely have potential to mm, get in the top ten, maybe threaten the top six or eight if things go right. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, really like them this year. Um, curious to see what they can do. Next question. This is a good one, and I don't know the answer. I'm hoping someone else might. This one might be tough to beat. DT recently posted a pic, picture of him versus Logan, David Taylor versus Logan Steber, and 06 Ironman. Got me thinking. What are some of the most credentialed high school matches in hindsight? Example, that match had six NCAA titles, eight uh, NCAA finals, eight AAs, four world teams, one world title, and still going. Um, beat that one, right? It has it uh, now, and I don't think it may necessarily, I can give, but I can give you, Dayton uh, Yanni. Oh sorry, no, my God. Just Dayton Yanni Flonats has that kind of potential. Yeah, it has that kind of potential. I can give you I can give you one that has six and eight. Give it. Oh, about eight finals. Well, what is uh, it? Snyder Cox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <clears throat> Happened four different times in Fargo. That was a good one. Um... Yeah, I mean, what about Dayton? Uh, Dayton Spencer. I yeah, mean, true. I mean, you said Dayton Yanni. Spencer's more credentialed than Yanni. I, yeah, I guess because I'm just thinking those two are gonna. Dayton beat in high school. Dayton beat Yanni, Spencer, and Suriano. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive. Among others. Um, but hmm. I don't know. Six and eight. Is there another one out there with that? I forget when Dayton beat Suriano. Refresh my memory. Um, Akron. Akron. Yeah. Oh yeah, one out. Oh my gosh, I tried to erase that match from my memory. It was so boring. Well, the even one. Dayton Suriano, by the time they're both done too, like that's going to be another ridiculously mm-hmm. credentialed high school match. Suriano gets screwed because he lost a year. Yeah. That's like Mech. That's like Metcalf Schlater. And Suriano like, Spencer like, Lee. It yeah. Just keeps yeah, there's so many. Yeah. It's such a <laughs> but, sick class. But that's like Metcalf Schlater, right? Like Metcalf lost a year. So obviously still incredibly credentialed, and then Schlater got hurt. But You know what was a good one? Uh, and it won't approach this. I mean, I don't think – you're not going to find six and eight. But Nolf and uh, McKenna, now they don't have the titles, but, man, they're in everything, right? No, I mean, Nolf is Nolf, and McKenna's. And everything makes world teams and stuff like that. That's a good one. That is a good one. It's a good question from, I didn't say who it was from. It was from Michael Wilkins at MWilkins12. Very good one. Oh, what about Zahid and Miles Martin? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Zahid Miles is nasty. Um, Miles, well, he's got two finals trips, three for three in terms of placing. And he's a, a champion. He got a chip. Zahid's, he may have one loss when it's all said and done. That'll be a nasty one. It's going to be tough to eclipse Logan Taylor. Yeah. That is that is absurd. Um, and even at the time, it seemed like it was Bo, be like that. Bo Nickel and Mark Hall. Yep. Mm, yeah. They could get six and eight. They got some chips. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know what one was the classic one? I mean, it, you know, law, I'm trying to think back. Longer, um, Metcalf and Slater. Now mm-hmm. Slater's career didn't turn out. <laughs> Did you guys say that already? Yeah. yeah. Nomad mentioned it. 
I didn't hear it. Did you guys say? Uh, and the, the, the other big one before that, of course, it didn't turn out. But this like mega match was Jo and Grahalis in high school. Yeah, they wrestled Obviously, Super Thirty Two. Jo wrestled yeah. McDonough in the Dream Team oh Classic. Gosh. So that's four titles. Don't bring that up. And six was, finals. It's not good. That was that was <laughs> Jo smoked him. That was bully beatdown. Yeah, in Iowa, disrespectful. Um, yeah, that was sick. Hey, I like this uh, one when we predict the schools. Okay. Uh, school predictions for the four guys who had lists come out recently. Balmaceda, Davenport, Lovett, Karchla. NC State is a common denominator on all four lists. Asks at NCSUWFPS. <laughs> <laughs> Big abbreviations guy. He's an NC State um, Wolfpack <coughs> fan. So I don't know. I don't have a good pulse. I think Willie... Uh, you guys may have a better idea than I would, but start with Balmaceda. Um, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple of common denominators in these schools. Okay, so um, Balmaceda, Lovett, and Karchla all have Okie State, uh, as he said, NCSU, WFBS. <laughs> uh, they all have NC State. Balmaceda, Lovett, Karchla, all Okie State. Lovett, Davenport, both Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I think that's the overlaps. I think um, uh, Balmaceda has Iowa. I think he's the only one with Iowa on there. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to know how how much um, Iowa has left in the bank. They signed a they signed a boatload of guys recently, and a combination of maybe how much do they have left and how much do they. Uh, Need a 57. Um, <clears throat> but Balmaceda, I I don't know. I don't know. I can't get a read on Balmaceda. I, I think it's probably um, NC State or or Iowa. Um, no matter who you going for, for Balmaceda. <laughs> I was just thinking Balmaceda is probably going to be the hardest. Um Here's what I know about Brevin Balmaceda. His dad's an excellent coach, and he's best friends with Julian Ramirez. Um, that gives me no hints as to the list that he gave. I'm going to guess Virginia Tech. I feel like he's a Tech guy, too. I don't know why. I have no insight. Let's go Hokies. Um, yeah, I can get on board with that. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I've talked to his father fairly often recently because of who's number one. Um, Great and coach. I think he can go a lot of different directions. Um, Davenport, I will go Nebraska. Hmm. Mm, I, yeah, I know. I don't know, actually. But I do. Th- <laughs> I talked to Kevon quite a bit. Oh. Um. I'm going to say he stays in-state Michigan, but I think Nebraska will get a very hard look. As they just because Sean Bormet sent you a really nice shirt, and you're wearing it right now. And you're wearing it right now. No, I just I think I think unrelated. Kevin's going to stay in-state. I'll say Nebraska. I'll tell you what's a, I'll tell you what's a really weird – Christian, who you got? No, I have no idea. I don't talk to him. I'll, I'll tell you what's a really weird dynamic that's going on right now in recruiting. Why are you laughing? Hold no. on, I want to hear this. This go, talk, go, really. talk, buddy. Well, Gigglebox is over here. 
Davenport, I love. I mean, everybody at Flow has loved him for a long time, right? You have to, and, and I know me and Nomad has projected him to move up in weights for a long time. If he's a 49, cool. I think everybody thinks he has a frame for 57, and it's a really touchy thing. <clears throat> College coaches at a lot of programs are having a problem on how to approach this because Cam Amin is the truth, and you have two guys from the same high school same that might be the same weight in college. Yep. So do you say, hey, Cam, I like you. Hey, Kevon, I like you. And then you have Kevon and Cam going, well, who do you like? Who do you really like? Yeah. Right. They're do talking to like, each other like every, me? <laughs> every day. Right. So I, that's, go, that's going on in a couple programs. Um, Interesting. I think, I think but, love it goes to Nebraska. Um, I thought so too. Uh, I'll say Nebraska for Lovett as well, and I'll say Okie State for Karchman. I'll say NC State for Lovett and Oklahoma State for Karchman. I don't think. I think uh, Tom Ryan is building a wall around yeah, the state I of Ohio. I'm, I'm going Ohio State for Karchman. Not not even the state of Ohio, the city of Columbus. <laughs> he is in Columbus. Um, yeah, I kind of think that too. I might pull that back. I'm going. I'm going Ohio I'm State. It. it just. It, I don't know. It just in my head. Bracky loves the Cowboys. In my head, it makes too just much. Seems sense. Seems like a good fit. No, he'd do great yeah. there. In my head, it makes too much sense for Karchla to stay in Ohio and Plot to stay in Oklahoma. Obviously, they can do whatever they want. I think they're both going to be awesome in college. I hope they wrestle a lot in college. But that's just where my head's at. Okay. Well, I think. Uh, Unless there's any questions you're just dying to address, I think we could call it a show. Um, so with that, feel free, <coughs> Mr. LJ Helbig, two-time NCAA qualifier for the Wyoming Cowboys. Feel free to play our outro music. Who's it, number one on the show tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Central Time? Yeah, Nomad's got to get his plugs in. Get your, get your plugs going, buddy. That's What's all. your IG fo- uh, handle? Yeah, at the Wrestling yeah, Nomad. At the Wrestling Nomad. Don't forget don't the use the. it that much. Oh, this was interesting. Um, Iranian Pro League, Yazdani Chirati, Sejlaev, Aku, Kinchigishvili might all wrestle in it. Not something we really need to discuss on FRL. In the same just way? Interesting, just an interesting, yeah, Kinchigishvili's going 86 kilos. Wow. Yeah. That'll be sick, man. Just an interesting point. Okay. Um, so that's it. We will be back Thursday for FRL. Oh, yeah, this was the Western Nebraska area code um, episode. Oh, yeah. We didn't get that in. Shout out. And then who's the uh, the Henrik kid that committed? I want to mention that. I don't know if we've John posted. Wayne. John Wayne. John Wayne Henrik to Nebraska. <clears throat> Great name. Good luck to him at Nebraska. And we will be back Thursday, come heck or high water, for episode 309, which we'll figure out what area code that is. But we're not going to share it yet. Nope. Um, that's, that's a surprise. Don't this look it up. Work, it's called working ahead. Yeah. Nomad's looking it up now. Oh, wow. Good one. Good one coming up here. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thank you to ASICS for your support of Flow Wrestling Radio Live and wrestling in general. We'll be back Thursday. See you then. Thanks.